0: One, two, three, ah! Today is gonna be the day that I'm gonna rank some songs for you. Oh. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> yes, <laughs> welcome to ranking the Beatles. <laughs> Episode number 11 with the best intro I've had yet.
1: That was spectacular. That was
0: biblical. (laughs) Biblical. One might say biblical. I'm so proud of that, y'all. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Jonathan.
1: And I'm Julia.
0: Uh, This is Ranking the Beatles, a podcast in which we attempt to do the impossible, ranking 223 songs recorded and released by the Beatles over the course of their career in what, I think is my own personal order. You may disagree. You may agree. Uh, That's what we're all here for, though. Um, I'm excited about today's episode, but first, my dear, how are you?
1: The usual. The usual? I'm fine. Good. It's it's been an interesting week.
0: Another day in quarantine, eh? Another day in quarantine.
1: Too much work to do. I look
0: forward to starting the shows not in goddamn quarantine. I (laughs) know.
1: It'll be (laughs) it'll be fun to
0: do that next year when we can when we can interview people in person.
1: Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to interviewing people people in person.
0: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun.
1: That will be because it's so much easier to like have a conversation when you're looking at people and you can see their body language and like when they I don't know I do this like when I'm talking to people and I have something to say I sort of like open my mouth and look at them like I'm just waiting for you to (laughs) shut your yapper so I can interject. (laughs) And I'm hoping so. We normally, we sorry. (laughs) I'm hoping that people can see that because when we record these, we actually get on like Facetime with people, right? So um, I just sort of sit here with like my gaping mouth in front of the mic, like I'm about to say something, (laughs) and you might hate it. It's
0: happening. (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm excited about today's episode, you guys. We've got a really good show for you. Today's guest was born in New Orleans, but grew up traveling across the country as his family followed his father, Spencer Boren's tour schedule. Uh, at 12 years old, he settled in Wyoming, where he began studying classical piano, and by 16 was performing Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue wow. with the Wyoming Symphony Orchestra. Wow. Let that sink in.
1: God He's like a little
0: prodigy. Little baby prodigy. Little baby Andre
1: Prodigy.
0: I love it. He moved back to New Orleans uh, for college to study music at Loyola, where he co-founded the band Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes with our previous guest, Dave Palmerlau, And he has manned the drums and percussion seat in that band since its inception in 2001. He's toured throughout the country, both with Johnny Sketch and as a solo classical pianist. And he's also toured much of South Louisiana with me and our Beatles tribute band, The Walrus. Yeah. Currently, while nobody is gigging, you can catch him doing amazing, I'm not even kidding you guys, amazing solo piano classical performances on Facebook every day. So great. Just check the link in the show notes and get you some education on some classical music. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Andre Boren. What's going on, my friend? How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just, uh... Trying to get through this summer, you know.
0: Yeah, how you holding up? Uh, COVID life is good, as good as can be. I guess that's a horrible thing to say.
2: A lot of, <laughs> a lot, of a lot of time at home with the family. Yeah, and uh, and I'm playing a whole lot of piano, which yeah. I like more more piano than I have in probably 20 years.
0: I feel like you're one of the rare musicians that may be working more during this lockdown I'm, than normal. N-
2: well, it's it's interesting. Like now that I don't have gigs, I'm. Way busier than I ever was When I had a bunch of gigs mm-hmm. But I mean I, I am keeping busy I am doing a lot of music stuff uh, I'm, I'm doing like One one hourly One hour concert Live stream once a week And then I do a, a daily thing that's like Five or ten minutes long mm-hmm. um, So my day kind of revolves around I have a time that I have to be home Right You know to, to do my live stream from For during the week, every day,
1: right? The people are waiting. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, if, if I have,
2: you know, if if uh, if my baby's taking a nap a little too long, then I have to put on Facebook like, "Hey, sorry, I'm today's piano is going to be a little bit late, <laughs> yeah, because of nap time." Aww. <laughs> That's awesome, though. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, at the same time, there's absolutely no pressure to if I if I'm late. Yeah, you know, like what? What is, is the venue going to fire me? <laughs> but, you know, like it's, it's pretty self-contained. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely playing. I'm playing a lot of music because I'm doing a daily thing. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to repeat. You know, stuff. So and I, you're doing mostly of music, classical
0: I, stuff on the you're danus, doing all right? classical
2: stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. It's been really fun to dig in on that again. I mean, that's why I went to school for classical piano. So it's, yeah, it's been. It's been. Now that that's, like, kind of all that I have, you know, it's it's been really cool to re, to really get into that world again. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and one of the things, I, I mentioned that in the intro about you earlier, that you went to school for classical piano, and, like, that's your background on it. Um, but I guess one of the first things I want to ask you, like, if we kind of can jump into a little bit, um, is how did you first get into the Beatles? What's your first discovery for the Beatles?
2: Well, so I have... Um... I grew up listening to the Beatles. I, as I've, I've been listening to the Beatles as long as I can remember. You know, I don't I don't necessarily have a specific first revelation of like, wow, this is great. What is this? Oh, that's the Beatles. You know, mm-hmm. but um, just listening to stories from my folks. Like I talked to my mom today because I know that there's there's a story about me not going to sleep. Uh, as a as like a, as a as a 6 month old unless sergeant pepper was playing <laughs>
0: that's awesome i love
2: it um, and i don't know how accurate that is you know but <laughs> but sergeant pepper is my favorite beatles album so yeah. You know, I think that that's, and and, and apparently I I used to call it Sergeant Pepperoni once I learned how to talk. Oh, Sergeant Pepperoni. That's great. (laughs) I love
0: it so much. Why doesn't
1: anyone make that pizza? Like, there's There's got to be. be. I'm
0: sure like Mellow Mushroom has it. Yeah, there's got
1: to be like a pizza restaurant in the world that has a Sergeant Pepperoni. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) It's also a
0: great dog's name. Oh. Next dog we get, <laughs> <hit>. Sergeant <laughs> Pepperoni.
1: Sergeant Pepperoni. <laughs> Sergeant Pepperoni. Oh, oh shit! Oh. oh yes, I'll see myself out.
0: Yes, I love it. That's so
1: bad. I'm sorry. That was
0: awful. You know, oh. was your, is your mom a musician too?
2: Uh, she 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 played. She was in a band in high school, but okay. but she doesn't play. Um, she was definitely sort of the brains behind the operation of of you know. My dad was a musician, and right, my mom kept that, that kept the show on the road,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know? So she's, she's not a musician, but she's very, very involved in, in the industry. She has been and, yeah. and definitely has a an ear for, for music and, and, you know, good, good music.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like, so in addition to the Beatles, you know, like what kind of stuff did you grow up, you know, around? Cause I know your dad, isn't wasn't necessarily playing, you know, he wasn't doing pop songs.
2: No, he wasn't. But you know, he was a blues he was a blues and folk guy, but like he had a he has a he had a really amazing arrangement of uh of um <clears throat> in my life that he would play at people's weddings, you know, and he he had the guitar sort of a a, a ragtime guitar kind of arrangement of the, the piano solo in the middle. But so my, my dad would play he, you know, he, he's a Beatles nut. Mm -hmm. He loved the Beatles. So, um, I grew up, you know, listening to, I, I, I listened to a lot of blues. And then when I was, when I was, I don't know, seven or eight, uh, La Bamba came out Mm -hmm. and that soundtrack just rocked me. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I was going to be a rock and roll guitar player. And uh, my dad got me a a red Stratocaster, a HONER Strat copy. Nice. And uh, I started listening to like one of my dad's good friends is Dave Malone from the Radiators. So Mm -hmm. what better guitar band than the Radiators, you know, Mm -hmm. to to give to introduce your kid to. So I listened to a lot of Radiators. I listened to a lot of Jimi Hendrix. Um, I mean, the Beatles were always in there. Yeah, for sure. You know. They weren't the, they didn't have the, the guitar heroics that I was looking for necessarily, mm-hmm. but, um, but they, they were, they were, they were just always part of it, you know? And then seeing things like, you know, I, I, I would nerd out about, about music stuff pretty early on and seeing things like, like reading about, you know, when the, the night that Sergeant Pepper was released, Jimi Hendrix played, That's the title track at his concert that night, you Mm -hmm. know. Never like never having rehearsed it with the band. It's like that's 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 an impact, yeah. You know, and like I was convinced that Jimi Hendrix was had done everything first. So it was like, okay, well, he did a backwards guitar thing, and then it's like, oh wait, the Beatles did that first. They did that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like okay, cool. You know, like it's it's the Beatles were were definitely. Very, they had a they had a major impact on my musical growth.
0: I guess if you just look at it from a musical perspective, and whether you want to do it from kind of the classical side of your brain or the more rock side of your brain, you know, how would you say what's the biggest way that Beatles music, or or even from a, a personal sense, you know, like uh, how would you say that they have most impacted what you do?
2: I, I think that in in a band setting uh my my frame my point of reference for harmonies mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of times chord changes too like if i'm on to like a cool chord change with johnny sketch or you know if if there's there's like a there's like a there's there's probably a a a beatles reference point yeah you know somewhere from somewhere it's like okay well this is like Blah 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 song from you know whatever song from the White Album. They do this kind of harmony thing, and vocally, uh, same same thing. Like there's 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 just such it's it's iconic stuff that is so part of the music, uh, the rock and roll music library. You know that, and mm. it's like familiar. Even if you're even if you're not like a Beatles fan, you're probably casually familiar with a massive number of their songs. You know, right. And then, as a drummer, who like I, I was never really motivated to be a chops drummer. Like, I don't want to be Neil Peart. I don't want to be. I don't want to have the. I mean, I, I would love to, but I don't want to put in the time and effort that it would take to, <laughs> right. to do that. So, like Ringo is much more my speed, you know, and, yeah. and 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 accessible as a as a drummer. Like I can, but even even then, like I can I can play his parts, but they're wrong because. Right.
0: Because you're not him. Because yeah. I don't
2: have Ringo's flawless backbeat feel. Yeah. So, and then whatever the whole
0: you know, left-handed playing a right-handed kit. Right. The le- playing left-handed, in, yeah.
2: leading with the other hand. Like it's, it's, but more than any of that, it's just, his feel is just so good. Mm-hmm. So good. And the, the fact that he can do play so many grooves without his, without his right hand going, like it's just kick and snare. That's so hard to do and, and make it groove.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like, it's just empty. You know, like, I don't know, like, um,
0: I was, I was thinking about this today. Actually, I was, I was in the car and, um, something came on
2: and I was just about to say something and I love
0: that in the verses of that, it's just kick drum and snare and the hi hat only comes in in the chorus. that's a song you know when we play it with the walrus he plays piano on it, and i play drums on it because it's relatively simple but i always come, feel like we, we finish the song and i'm like man i just sucked on that <laughs> even though like it's not a, co- a hard thing to do but like you just know it doesn't feel the same it doesn't sound the same
1: right you're not Ringo.
0: as good as he's gonna do it yeah. yeah
2: right yeah and that's that's the thing i mean and and Plus Ringo's so self-deprecating; it's 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 mm. hilarious to hear interviews where he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I, you know, there was a couple of things that I liked that I played on that." You know, he likes the fills on uh, a day in the life, and that's really the only thing I've ever heard him compliment about his own drumming. That and rain. All of his... Oh, rain! Right. It's right. like
0: a, a, like a, a super obscure song to like a casual right. fan, and he's like, "That's my best drumming." Like,
2: what? It's great, and I yeah, mean, it's they're, great. They're, they're great fills. <laughs> I mean. He's also the kind of guy, you know. Like, the more I listened to, like, as I grew, as I started to grow musically, as you know, when I would be playing more gigs and like kind of figure out how music fit together, and and uh, and then I would listen to songs like "Good Morning," mm-hmm. uh, "Good Morning," "Good Morning." Excuse me.
0: <laughs> They'll come uh, at you, dude. The comments <laughs> <are> not to <laughs> be come confused alive. with "Good Morning."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's a John song that's in that's just in like it's it's done. He wrote it by in according to a phrase. It's not in four, four time. Right. And Ringo. Ringo doesn't Ringo plays in four and that's about all he plays. So whenever in the Beatles catalog, whenever they get out of that and it's always a John thing. Mm-hmm. All he you just, just starts loves playing. Big one. He just starts playing quarter notes. Yep. You know, and it's. And it's uh, like happiness is a warm gun when they switch to three. Mm-hmm. He just plays four through the whole thing <laughs> until it catches until up. Until it, catches, it up. catches up. Yep. And and it's 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 great. I mean, it's part of the song. Mm-hmm. You know, if you try to play it differently, it sounds wrong. Yeah. Um,
0: it's like I heard a I, co- know, I, I heard a cover of um, All You Need Is Love by Noel Gallagher. Uh, it was Noel hmm. Gallagher and Paul Weller. And it's really, it's an enjoyable cover. But they're playing everything in four. And it's like, wait a minute, something is so wrong. What, what What's happening? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, what's <laughs> right. happening? Stop it. <laughs>
3: There's nothing you can make that can be made. There's no one you can save the can be saved.
0: yeah Yeah, i I love weird things i mean
2: so so i guess the beatles are are never far below the surface of my point of reference for even if it's with johnny sketch and i'm and we're working on like a hard driving funk song you know like there's Mm -hmm. something that i can refer more often than not to a beatles thing even if it's just like You know, okay, I'm going to sing the sixth, like in this song, you know, or whatever.
0: Yeah. One other quick question I was just thinking about, um, you know, growing up as a classically trained pianist,
2: how did you end up as a drummer also? When did that come into play? Uh, They both started at about the same time, actually. Okay. Um, I was like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, like I said, I was a rock and roll guitar player until then.
3: Yeah.
0: That's true. Uh, so you were just like,
1: red? so you were just like, I mastered the guitar, I'm good. Like, what's next?
2: Well, yeah, yeah, I'd done, I'd done what I'd come to do.
0: <laughs> He's seen a million faces and he'd rocked them all. That's right, that's right.
2: My guitar was red, by the way,
0: and so it should be. Yeah, so
1: it should. be. I still be. have it. Nice, I still have it. Oh, that's so yeah.
0: great. Why don't we? Uh, you want to hop into the old, uh, the old rankings pool and get this the party started? Sure. Let's do it. All sure. right. Well, if you are a new listener to our show, and this is your first episode, what we're doing here is I have ranked 223 songs released by the Beatles, um, and I put them in a, a ranking based on my own personal opinion, and now we're discussing them with friends, uh, so that's where we are. So far, starting from the bottom, we started with, Silip Dick, Come Give Me Deine Hand
1: so loud when you say
0: that you those. can't say it quietly <laughs> you just can't you can't be like smooth jazz like dj oh it's first we first we heard see <laughs> the and after that was yeah, come yeah 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 <laughs> uh, please
1: i also please do it like that from here yes. on out to-
0: and then after that we heard we had mr moonlight <laughs> Followed by P.S. I love you, followed by Love you too off the Revolver album. That sure got a reaction.
1: Man, NPR is gonna like swoop in and take you away from me. Uh,
0: I want that money. Uh,
2: after that, we had get that ho- public. That, get that public radio money. Yes,
0: that's where the good funds are at in 2020. Uh, following that, we had Hold me tight, uh, and then You like me too much. Followed by If you've got trouble and How do you do it? Off the anthology. Which brings us to today's song coming in at number 214. Andre, would you please give me a drum roll? That means a lot.
2: The drum roll, or is that the song? <laughs> both,
0: both. <laughs> well done. That
3: was a good
0: um, drum roll. I, you know, I don't want anyone to think I'm harping on the anthology, because this will be two weeks of shows in a row where I'm bagging on anthology tunes. I do love the anthology. Uh, I'll come back to that. Uh, so, a brief history on this song, if you're not super familiar with it. Uh, this song was written by Paul for possible inclusion in the Help film and soundtrack. It's one of the few actual unreleased songs from their vault that weren't officially released until the anthology, and that's not to confuse it with like alternate takes or jams or studio banter, yada, yada, just actual songs uh, that never came out. Um, they spent two days working on this song, even though those two days were a month apart. Uh, one day uh, at the end of February 65, and then again at the end of March 65. The first day's session, they captured the kind of reverbed outtake that appears on the anthology, They approached it again a month later in a higher key, slightly sped up and a bit more straight ahead. Um, But after a handful of incomplete and fairly ramshackle attempts, they pretty much realized that they weren't going to get what they were looking for, and they moved on from there. Uh, They did give the song to PJ Proby, who was another artist managed by Brian Epstein, uh, who released a rather syrupy version of the track later that year. But it works for what it is. I mean, he did a good job with it. John and Paul got paid. P.J. had a career for a minute. Everything's good. Um, So as far as why I have it here at number two fourteen, pros and cons. Um, And like I said before, I hope this doesn't seem that I'm being unfair to the anthology because I do really love the anthology. And there was such a great feeling when those records came out of hearing songs that, you know, I, I was too young to kind of be into the bootleg market at that point. So hearing these kind of unreleased new songs was really just a mind-blowing thing to me. And it it made it so fun. Very Um, excited
1: little baby Jonathan. Super excited. (laughs)
0: Um, So this particular track never quite hits the mark, though. And I think, obviously, that's why it's long unreleased. Um, As you go back, and now with the advent of YouTube, basically all the attempts are on YouTube, um, which is pretty great. And you can see that they could never quite settle on an arrangement. Every take is different. I'm
2: sure Paul loves that.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything (laughs) is vastly different. Um, and so it's really interesting that they never could quite settle on that because usually, especially Paul knew exactly what he wanted going into the session. Um, the version on the anthology shares a lot of commonality with ticket to ride. Um, whether it's in the drum pattern, uh, the rhythm guitar pattern is very similar. even the, the structure, you can sing or change. Yeah, you can sing ticket to ride over, that means a lot, uh, pretty easily. Um, and I guess in the battle of of the two, ticket to ride is obviously the superior tune. Um, this version's also like completely slathered in reverb, like barbecue sauce on ribs.
2: Like nothing else that the Beatles ever did. Nothing they ever did. It's Not like even, it's got more reverb than even even the Phil Spector yeah. produced.
0: Yeah, which is like, know, like it's so
2: out of character
0: for them. But I kind of love that about it. Like that's one of the things that I think always draws me to it. Is it kind of reminds me, you know, both in production style and then also in melody of uh, that same kind of period, Brian Wilson where like there's a ton of chords going on
2: lots of chords
0: everything's slathered in reverb it wouldn't have been out of place on like pet sounds or beach boys today something like that something like that 65 66 era um but then the other versions of it are very different they're faster there's not a hint of reverb it's in a higher key it's almost out of paul's comfort zone so it's it's kind of strange how they went from like a very specific thing to something else very specific
3: says that your love won't mean a lot, but you know that your love is all you've got. At times things are so fine, and at times they are not. but when she says she loves you, that is.
0: Um, And I do enjoy it when it comes on. And I think maybe that's partially due to the whole, like I haven't heard a million times thing. Um, And like you said, also it's just super different sonically to anything else that's on that catalog, especially even on that album, nothing else sounds like it. And that album is very specific. Like it's very much like acoustic with electric on top of it. Um, the, the electric piano on top, like that's kind of the blueprint of that piano. Um, All in all, I think, you know, it's a fine track that's still probably better and more creative than what a lot of people were putting out at that time. Um, And I think it kind of feels to me like Paul is at that period, you know, when like a puppy is growing and its paws get big and they don't know what to do with them yet and they kind of fumble around. (laughs) It feels like he's growing into like the melodic genius Paul McCartney that we know and love, but he hasn't quite grasped his talents yet.
2: Um, Yeah.
0: You know, like, he's fumbling around with ideas that are popping up that are, like, bigger than he's thought before and just hasn't quite wrangled that thing yet. Um, sure. But, you know, I, it's, it doesn't quite excite me like the rest of the stuff around this time does. So I think at the end of the day, they made the correct choice in shelving it. I think it's it's better left off of the record and in the vaults for the next 25, 30 years. So
2: I have... I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. many thoughts. <laughs> First of all, it's 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 so hard to separate these songs from the albums for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like in that in that sense, this like this is just a thought about your uh your the ambitiousness of what you're doing here overall in general. <laughs> like it's incredible uh, that you've managed to. Do that and separate these from the albums and and uh, and and order them. You know, I think that's. I don't think I could do that. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. He's, um, he's a
1: monster. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that this song, as it's mixed, doesn't have a place in the Beatles catalog. I think the reverb just is is just. It takes. It makes it. Makes it sound like like it sounds like the mamas and the papas or something, you know. Like Mm -hmm. it's 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 very unBeatles to me. I think it's a. I think it's. You know, you're saying that it's like Paul trying to wrangle his creativity. I think it's really cool. I think everything that happens in this song is very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Cooler than a lot of other Beatles songs. I think cooler than a lot of songs on 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 the record. But I think that like the 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 parallel with um,
0: I think it's certainly more imaginative than other songs on the record.
2: Sure. Like, I mean, it more ambitious. Like, you know, it's, it's got, so it's got the minor four chord and then there's a two, five, just like ticket to ride. Those are the minor four is the second chord, which is awesome. Uh-huh. And it does that twice. Uh, and then. which is is what they do in... in That's
0: Ticket to Ride, Ride. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that Ticket to Ride, I think where this song fails to reach the mark is 100% on the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that means a lot is a fucking terrible lyric. (laughs) (laughs) It's so it's too conversational and not in like a good way that yeah. they would do later on. You know,
0: I, I always felt like the, even just the first line of it, you know, friend says that your love would mean a lot. You are, we just, it's, it's like, we're just pulling words together for, you know, syllables.
2: Just well, and Paul right does count. that. Yeah. He's, he's talked about, that's how he writes songs. Yeah. Like, you know, syllabically and like kind of mumbly until something strings together. Right. Um,
1: Maybe he just. hasn't quite gotten his... like better at that yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think I think the band's I think the band's performance is great. I think let's see, Paul sings the the verses, and then there's there's like the low bridge or pre-chorus. I don't know. It only happens once.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's after after uh, I I can't think. I'm having a hard time thinking of it right now. I can only hear "Ticket to Ride." Is this head. the uh,
0: love can be deep inside? Yeah, yeah.
2: So I guess and that's then the, the part bridge? right after that. Can't Paul just comes out, can't you see And he sings that so strong and, yeah. and, and it's, it's great. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, I just, I think that in, in even, uh, even if it didn't have all the reverb on it, I think this song filled the same spot sonically as a uh, ticket to ride.
0: Do you think and the song works is, better or do you think
2: the song makes the record without the reverb? I think it's in better consideration as somebody who looks at records, I mean, I've, I've, I've made a lot of records mm-hmm. as a band member as a, as a, and as a producer as well. And, and I would never, ever claim to be in George Martin's mindset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that, that the song as it is doesn't have a place on, on the Help album, just yeah. the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. I, I, think there's, I think there's too many chords for that era. It changes chords every bar, which is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for um, now. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's, yeah, it's a lot it's, for anything. I mean, I, but I, I think it's, I, I really like the song. I think there's a lot to like about it. Mm-hmm. I think the performance is great. I think everything, I mean, like I said, I think the lyrics are, not all the lyrics. I mean, the, that bridge section
0: is section's pretty heavy. Like, I think the... Uh, the love can be suicide line it's pretty. That's a
2: pretty yeah, great that's, line. That's that's heavy. That, that for, sounds like that sounds like John coming that in. That does and sound saying, like hey, a John Paul.
1: line. Yeah, <laughs> this do is way too happy. Do something rad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually. I mean, at like, this, oh, go
2: ahead. I was just going to say at this point they were still writing. They were still collaborating more mm. than they were. You know, shortly there, shortly after this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually you know, really became...
1: agree with you on like the music part of the song. Uh like and yeah. the, the lyrics are boring and weird um, for the most part. But I really enjoy the guitar tone of this song. Yeah. Uh very surprising from a Beatles song. It it like like you said, it doesn't really sound like something from their catalog. Like if you had played right. it, I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, totally a Beatles song. Got it, you know. Yeah. Um but I really enjoy it. Like we were talking about it. Before we we were taping this, and the rigidity of the strumming reminds me a lot of the Who's "I Can't Explain." So that was kind of like a cool like place to pull from. Um, what's yeah. is that song after this, or at the, around the same time, or I don't I know years it's of when things right come
0: out. before? I think I feel like they, I think sixty four sixty five is when they kind of come onto the scene. I'm not positive.
2: Yeah. I- <laughs> But it's right around. I can't around explain. There. I don't know. Yeah, it's right around.
1: Waka, waka, waka. I'll have to Google that so I can yeah. be like, well, they were influenced by, uh... Right. And try and sound like I know something. Right. <laughs> when I really know nothing. <laughs> no, I think Well, that's... so... Okay. Some, something else that I... There's a couple of things that happen
2: at the end of the song that I think are really cool, too. Um, first of all, it's kind of a long fade out mm-hmm. for... Uh, you know, fade outs in in this time tended to be like somebody just like grabbing the volume knob and like, <laughs> Whoop. turning it down, <laughs> like very abruptly. Um, and this one kind of fades out over, I don't know, five seconds or something. You know, like mm-hmm. and and there's a there's a great scream. Oh I yeah, I think it's John. Cause, I
0: think that's Paul because it's a little bit higher, I think, than Paul usually or than John. But usually Paul's
2: does. still singing. Paul's still singing yeah. when it happened, and and I don't think they were multi-tracking like that level yet mm-hmm. you know yeah maybe maybe i don't know i know that when you're anyway, talking about just that it just goes yeah up there it's great for it. it's, it's great and it's yeah. at the end and it's like you know after this charming song and then all of a sudden there's this raw scream mm-hmm. and there's also uh so there's it's 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 counterpoint it's 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 um musical lines going in opposite directions uh so there's can't you see going up, and then the other one's going can't you see, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just great. And and what I love about that kind of stuff is that it's like none of these guys were were like you know trained. They weren't. They didn't take music lessons mm-hmm. and learn about like theory and stuff like that. So they're just they're just singing it because I mean they're they're singing that because Paul probably told them here's your part. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, he he just. You know, he, he, he directed him to do this and it turns out to be like a really cool I mean your ear does certain things when harmonies go in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Harmonies have a certain effect on on the way you feel and, and, and I think those harmonies going in opposite directions are are it's just a really cool effect that, that you don't hear from four lads who never went to music school, right. you know. <laughs> I think compositionally, like you were saying it it's like like they would it would fit in on a on a Brian Wilson kind of thing from this era because mm-hmm. Brian Wilson was thinking was hearing stuff and he didn't do music school either but but he was he was writing on that in, on that kind of with that kind of detail.
0: I uh, I think you're I think you're spot on there.
2: Like uh, this song is almost too well crafted for help. Yeah, if that makes sense and from like musically
0: when you compare it to everything else on the record, it's definitely the most interesting melodically Paul's really stretching his legs a little bit to kind of figure out like how far can he take things and still, you know, keep things to sound, still keep things sounding like the Beatles. Right. Yeah. I I think it's, it's an interesting song. Um, and my placement here doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like it. You know, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not Mr. Moonlight.
2: (laughs) which I don't even hate that
0: one. So 2.14, do you agree or disagree?
2: I could, I could see it in, in, you know, again, there's, there's, it's really hard for me to detach songs from the album, but since this is kind of a free floating song anyway, um, I could, I can, I can agree with, I can, I can get on board with your placement of it. I mean, I also haven't, if, if I did a lit, if I took the time to to make a, to separate all the songs and rank them like you have, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that songs would jump all over the place as I got to other songs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Oh wait, I actually like this one way more than I like that. One. You know, like, yeah. I don't know if you've had come across that. I, or I, I watched, have had like, working on this list. Or... I have
0: had feelings of, um, what not, have I done? Not remorse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't call it remorse. Um, but I've definitely, and there've been conversations that have made me reconsider some things a little bit, And maybe like help me appreciate songs a little bit better. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was thinking it might be fun at some point to start doing like a secondary, like revised edition list. (laughs) And then after we do like the final show, then tape like an additional show where I re-rank everything with whatever
2: my my new thoughts would be. With like, Four years worth of conversations yes. with people. I'm...
1: Yes, <laughs> this is never going to end. I've locked. I've been locked into this for the rest of my life. We're gonna be locked down for a
0: long time. So. We're gonna thing. be yeah. like. Good.
1: We're gonna be like seventy-two, like wheeling like out a... our little mics, like hello.
2: And now we're on to number twenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, like I said earlier, thanks, COVID. Right. <laughs> end of part one. Intermission. end of intermission part two
0: well let's uh, let's do one more we got some time you got anywhere to Good. be I love it let's uh, let's keep it on the help album at number yeah. 213 I'm throwing the gauntlet down on tell me what you see
3: if you let me take your heart I will prove to you we will never be apart if I'm part of you, open up your eyes now, tell me what you see, it is no surprise now, what you see is me. So a little
0: history on this particular tune uh, was also written primarily by Paul for inclusion in the help soundtrack and film. Uh, This was recorded the same day the band tracked You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, and If You've Got Trouble, which we discussed uh, last week's episode, one of Ringo's greatest moments on the microphone, (laughs) rock on, anybody. (laughs)
1: Literally anyone. Can anyone please rock on? Jesus
0: Christ. Please just rock. (laughs) Um, So Paul has described this song to biographer Barry Miles as, quote, a work song, not awfully memorable. Um... Not one of the better songs, but it did its job. It was very handy for albums and B sides. You need those kind of songs. John is said to have described this song as "Pauls,"
3: <laughs> which is like
0: the greatest thing. Wow! Wow! Uh, it also bears the distinction of being a song that was flat out turned down by help director Richard Lester. Uh, The band brought a handful of tracks that they'd recorded to the Bahamas when they were starting to film Help um, so they could sit together with Richard and discuss what was going to be used in the film. Um, And Richard Lester actually had to tell Paul this is not up to par for this film. Sorry. Wow. Uh, Balls on Richard Lester, like telling Paul McCartney, that ain't good enough, pal. Try again. Yeah. So, um, you know, as far as why I have it at 2.13, I think it's a pleasant song. It doesn't thrill me, but it doesn't really bore me. Um, I think the vocal on it's pretty interesting. This is one of the things that I love that they do, where John and Paul harmonize the first half of the line.
2: And then they come together. And then
0: they unison. And there's this amazing thing that I find when the two of them do unison vocals, where it doesn't necessarily sound like just two guys doing unison vocals. It turns into like a third Sounds like a doubled... Well, I think it sounds like a whole different singer. Like it's like an individual yeah. extra voice. Um, and I I find it that's one of those things that I think has to be from sharing a mic together without a monitor for at that point let's see 7 to 8 years just yeah. singing face to face all the time and just understanding how each other you know how they craft vowels like how they their enunciation on things and just being able to sync up completely, I think is super cool. And it's one of those rare things that you get on, you know, from these kind of songs, while it's supposed to be kind of a fictional relationship song, it's actually, there's like a melancholy undercurrent to it that I think maybe gives it a little more personal weight than it gets its credit for. Um, At the time he's dating Jane Asher and they have a pretty up and down relationship over the years, um, which gives Paul fodder for all kinds of things from, you know, the positives of here, there and everywhere to
1: like darker things, kind of like I'm looking through you. Um, and also gave serious exam, Peter Asher and all of his many stories. Bless up. Peter
0: Asher. <laughs> my dude has the best show on Sirius <laughs> Beatles channel. I love it. Um,
1: <laughs> I, when I hear his voice, I think about just opening up the door and jumping out of the car. Why? It's too much. <laughs> How can I get Peter Asher to, to appear on our podcast? If you're going to trash him, on I'm the 11th sorry. episode. Like, sometimes it's just, like, the most obscure, like, weird little story. That's and like, so great. And I'm just like, I can't with another, like, obscure Beatles. Like, I can't do it. I gotta go.
0: <laughs> I was sitting with John eating a can of Heinz baked beans <laughs> on February 3rd.
1: <laughs> That's basically it.
2: It was a Wednesday.
0: <laughs> it was a Wednesday. I needed a cold, I needed a shawl that day. It was quite windy. <laughs> um, so, Anyway. I think there may be more <laughs> to this song uh, than meets the eye as far as like where it's coming from. Um, I think the lyrics are kind of hit and miss on it. I love the line, big and black the clouds may be, time will pass away. But then the follow-up line, if you put your trust in me, I'll make bright your day is it's super It's one of the worst lines.
2: It, it, it ruins the song for me, honestly. It's a Yoda line. Mine, I'll make lyric, bright your yes. day.
0: <laughs> like, it sounds like a Yoda thing. Um yeah. It, yeah so that, that's one of the things that really kind of sours it for me um but you know and I like the little kind of piano turnaround on it is nice um it's a, it's okay it doesn't offend my sensibilities I right. don't go wild for it if it comes on I'm cool with it if not I don't necessarily miss it um I think it's they're they're at a point in at this point in that time where they're stretching out past kind of the beat group territory.
1: Um, yeah.
0: and I think they're trying to kind of find their footing going forward on that. And this is kind of one of those, again, with like the puppy with big paws metaphor,
2: I think it's kind of where I see. It. Yeah. I also think at this point they were still, they, they were, they had been cranking out songs mm-hmm. and like how much time was really spent on a song like this, you yeah. know, like as, in the writing of it, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I know, like at this, also like doing the movie, they were exhausted. Yeah, you know, John wrote the the title track because he was exhausted and yeah. he needed help. Literally, yeah. it's not yeah. like a it's it's not thinly veiled. It's like, hey, you know, um, and and especially like like this is this is right this is the last record before they really went in and like started crafting art I think instead of like writing songs
0: right art versus That's... like content
2: yeah and not to say that their content wasn't you know like the, the the early Beatles stuff is great yeah but they they were they were great they a lot of it was just thrown together you know I sure mean, sure they were just really good at what they do yeah and this song that that that, le- that one lyric is is really hard <laughs> to forgive for me <laughs> yeah it's it's it just feels lazy, you know, in a way mm-hmm. that in a way that you don't find Paul often. Like he's not he doesn't go for the easy kill a lot of times. You yeah. know, yeah, I feel
1: like he kind of does, though, like
0: he can go for the easy kill. But it, there's always like and not
1: in a bad maybe way, maybe a tongue in
0: cheek like, element to it.
1: Yeah, Like makes, it's
0: like, always kind of like a wink. I'm doing the cutesy thing. Yeah. But this one, yeah, it, it it's kind of it just seems lazy and almost kind of like. It felt it it feels like a lyric I would have written at fifteen and felt like I was really fucking clever. Like well, yeah, look, look yeah. how I used the language here. Like
2: I'll put it this way, I think I think I think there's a. I think there was a better lyric and he knew it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he didn't put more time into it. That's that's what I mean by like it's it sure. feels lazy. Sure. Like he, he goes you're you're right. You're absolutely right, Julia. He does go for low hanging fruit sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, with like the, the cheese factor that he's He's not scared of, but it's like, it's usually to create like a, a, a mood that matches the song that he's going for. Yeah. And this one is like this, this, this lyric, like, I feel like the lyrics are trying to be and occasionally succeeding to be um, more poetic. Mm. And that line is just bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, bad. I, I don't see how he couldn't have known that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or recognized it and tried to give it another shot. So I'm not surprised that, that it was rejected. <laughs> yeah. You know, from, I, d- I do the think
0: movie. there is a really nice vibe that it gets on the turnarounds. Um, the piano from the, from the electric piano thing. I and, love the piano. That's my yeah. favorite part of the song. And the ending of it, the way he kind of like, just like hits that nice little, um, I don't know what the pianist term is on that last. It chord. Like little... It's almost like a retard. Just kind of like, yeah, a little, a little,
2: arpeggio, a little arpeggio. Is it
0: arpeggio? Yeah. Well, arpe- yeah,
2: he rolls the last chord. It's just it's, it's nice. And it's um, it's
0: very pleasant. And and, and I and, love
2: I love that instead of singing the line again at the end, they do the the. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that is a really nice touch. That and that almost kind of seems like something that they maybe picked up from like an old Motown track or something. Sure. You know, like that. I mean, It's a very like R and B trick, I think, and it works really well. And it's a nice change because at that point you're kind of like, okay, we're just doing the same thing back and forth. Oh, that's something. That's a nice little trick. Oh, it's over. Okay, cool. Like it's it's a nice (laughs) little way to
2: wrap it up. You know the the song is the song is really it's 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 light. It feels light. It 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 also feels like like maybe like the percussion, the clave, Mm -hmm. feels like they were trying to like save the track almost to me like it was it's not it's not super interesting yeah and they're like maybe if we go on,
0: and poor george you know, is like, like a little... poor george is stuck with a with the weero just yeah it's just
2: there's just some weird percussion stuff on there that's like it's 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 just interesting choices production choices to me yeah. that 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 don't necessarily make the song better right you know, and and it's it seems like it's done in a way. I mean, at this point too, they were you know, like I said, they're cranking out multiple albums a year. Which when was the last time you did that with your band? Jesus. I can't. I've never done that <laughs> with my. Yeah. You know, like I don't see how that's possible with yeah. any band that I've ever worked with. Nobody, nobody that I know writes songs that quickly.
0: So at, at least you know, fourteen songs per album, plus yeah. I, I, plus I think they're also obligated to have two. Non album singles, singles and B-sides, and B-sides. so that's another four. Um, and then there's an EP at least every year,
2: plus the touring,
0: plus they're touring constantly, yeah. And they're making another film, it's, it's, yeah. It's, and they're high all the time, so you're <laughs> getting like a ton of work out of these guys, <laughs> like, yeah.
1: I actually really enjoy the vocals on this song, um, they bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like a re- the melody is really nice to me. Um, Yeah, it's an uplifting, like bright, bright melody, and I like that it sort of goes like just it's how do I describe it?
0: You were talking about earlier how it kind of like climbs up and goes down. Yeah, and
1: it makes me—I don't know—are you a fan of the Grateful Dead? Do you listen to the Dead at all?
2: I I like
1: it's fine. You don't have to songs.
2: No, no, I, (laughs) I like I like a lot of the I like a lot of the Grateful Dead songs. I have a hard time. Getting on board with a band that's been together for that long and doesn't sing in tune still.
1: Ooh. So I, I'm actually not a Grateful Dead fan, so you are offending me zero percent. I don't care. Okay, but I but do have know. Drugs. <laughs> I do know one song. Oh, well, I know a couple Maybe like three songs by the Grateful Dead. But there's one Uncle John's band. Like it sort of does that same thing. Like as soon as I listen to this song, um, intentionally, because a, a, some of these songs. I haven't heard before. Some of them I've heard before, but I haven't really intentionally listened to them. Um, sure, so I sure. like sat down and like with intention listened to the song, and I was like, "Wait, this sounds like something I know. Let me find it." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I actually know this song because in college I love the, um, what is it, the. Uh, Great Expectations soundtrack, and this is on it. This song is on it. So that's the only reason I know this song. I actually don't like The Grateful Dead really at all. Um, this is such a dumb reference point, and I'm going to get a hate mail. I know it.
2: You know, <laughs> but, that's that's the great thing about, like, you know, these. There, there's different res- reference points for anything that's as wide reaching as The Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's going to have a reference point from when, you know, this song was played at some, you know, the darkest point in their life or whatever. Like there's, there's just, there's, there's so many different, it, it's, it's the, something like the Beatles. It's, it's, it's inescapable, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not like when, when celebrities, when celebrities die, when Michael Jackson died, that was the loss of somebody who is on a global scale Mm-hmm as famous as well recognized as the pope yeah like one of the one of the one of the most famous people in the world you know like and the beatles the beatles are the beatles are on that level like they're 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 global
3: mhm yeah
2: so like you know, reference points are are going to be vast. as wide yeah. varying and yeah yeah so there's no there's no bad reference points to
0: When we talked to Dave from Johnny sketch, he also mentioned Michael Jackson. Uh, when he passed away, he told a a story about, uh, you guys driving back from Florida and listening to the entire (laughs) Michael Jackson catalog. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, it was like, uh, Liberian girl somewhere in the panhandle of Florida. And we're like, this song is really bad. It's like, no, we have to listen
0: to it. Just committing the whole way home, dude. The whole,
2: the whole, we really celebrated the entire catalog.
0: <laughs> Impressive. I love it. So, so at 213, is that where we're at here? Yeah. At 213, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you co sign? Do you put it higher or lower? Tell me what you see, Andre.
2: <laughs> I think I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that too with this ranking. Okay, um, I like this song. Okay, yeah. So I, that seems like it. So I'm okay with your ranking of it. Down. Cool, awesome. <laughs> you know? End of part two.
0: Well, do you have time for a few rapid fires before we let you go uh, tend to your sure. baby? Excellent. Sure. All right, so rapid fire question time. All
1: right, very excited about On top
0: of your head, favorite Beatles song.
1: Go.
2: Um, A Day in the Life.
0: Least favorite Beatles song.
2: I really think it's uh, it's Ringo's song from uh, from the white album I can't even think of the name don't right don't
0: pass now. me I by hate,
2: I hate that violin <laughs> <laughs> it's so out of tune and it's like four minutes of out of tune I, I want to have you I back on, on for it. that one Ooh. I can't deal with it. I love I love the drum sound
0: it's so good that intro fill is just like so fat and thick I love that.
2: Yeah, and then the violin comes in and just destroys just it. Pisses all over it. <laughs> like when you have that much money, when you have unlimited money in the studio, take another pass at the violin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, the next question is favorite album, but you've already said Sgt.
2: Pepper, correct? Sgt. Pepper, yeah. Least and favorite. Uh,
1: it doesn't mean you dislike it, it just means. The one you
2: go to the no. least. Probably Magical Mystery Tour.
1: Okay, okay.
2: I can
0: dig that um and my favorite question your favorite memory associated with a beatles song
2: i don't think i can quantify it you know but i think i think uh if in, you have
1: two that's also okay we'll yeah. accept more than one if <laughs> well, you're like i'm okay, going to make well, someone angry if i say this one or i'll make someone no, angry no, no, i think it's I'm not, this it's other not one. about <laughs>
2: making somebody angry about it at all i think the the first time i saw paul mccartney in um was a two 2000 or 2001 that he was in it was 2001 no it was 2002 when he came here yeah it was uh 2002 02 because, because it was yeah. because he was touring with with the uh, with that one of the songs he did in the middle of the set was was freedom which was yes un- unfortunate <laughs> but it was his, it was his song that he wrote uh, after 9-11 yes he did um but walking like i was i was so i had a friend of mine got uh her dad was friends with uh paul conic da Former DA and in, in Jeff Parrish, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not Harry Connick, right? Paul, <laughs> and he got he gave he gave like fifteen tickets to uh, to my friend Audrey, and four of them were floor seats. Ooh. Wow! In the nice. eleventh row. Oh man! And the rest of them were in the box up up top at the. Are- you know, with, with, you know, free booze and free food. And so all all my idiot friends were like, I want the free food and booze. And I was like, screw you guys, I'm going to the 11th row. <laughs>
0: yep, and, I want to breathe the same air as Paul McCartney. Walking,
2: <laughs> walking, down, walking down that aisle when he's play, he started that set with uh, Hello Goodbye. Yep. And it was it was one of the most exciting moments ever, you know? I mean, yep. it, it's, it's seeing Paul McCartney for the first time. And at that point, he was... I mean, that was 20 years ago, almost. So oh, Jesus, he was still in, you know, like I mean, we, we I think you guys went and saw him a year ago when, we when saw he him came a year through. Ago. Right? Um, and he was he was I, the, the, the gentle, the gentler vocals weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, he could he could scream helter skelter after a three hour show. And it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. He sounded great. He played great. He sounded great. But the first time I saw him, I mean it was twenty years ago, he had twenty years more voice. I was at that and, show uh, too, yeah. And he was just he just crushed it. It was amazing and so yep. exciting to see probably, you know, probably my, my my musical hero. Or somebody I don't know, as much of a musical hero of mine as 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 is still alive, you know. That that first that first show of Paul's was was so good. Partially because it was the first time I'd heard his his cheesy jokes. Right. <laughs> as well, you know. But but just for me at that concert is when he played Here Today. Oh, God. The song he wrote for John. It was like That's I brutal. was openly weeping with every other person around me, you know. Yep. Everybody, I think Paul was the only person not crying. Right. <laughs> Plus, that was the first time I'd seen Abel Boreal on oh, drums. Dude. Yeah. And man.
0: And that band is just so smoking, like. Yeah. Especially on that tour when like they were all like new to the band,
2: uh, yeah that was the they, drive-in tour.
0: yeah yeah, That's a, that was such a great tour. and I'm, I'm glad they put out a live record of that tour because yeah, I think that was like uh-huh. his last truly great
2: uh you know vocal period for him
0: in a live sense uh, I think.
2: Live yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. okay. I think finding out that uh the 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 John Lennon tribute show that that we did mm-hmm. at Tipitina's, Mm-hmm. Finding out from Susan, a couple days later, from Susan Cousill, a couple days later when when Paul played. Because Paul, like, didn't we, the, the the lineup of that was we, we did the show at Tips, and it was John's birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was like two days before, or the day before, Paul's rescheduled show. Yeah,
0: I think it was right before, yeah.
2: and And Susan went to that show.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she was, uh, you know, being Susan. She was. She got invited on one of the band's tour buses to go in, to ride in on the show. Mm-hmm. And while on the tour bus, she saw her friend Rusty and was like, "Oh, oh, hey, Rusty, you're going to the show too?" And he's like, "I've been playing with Paul McCartney for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like she knows those guys, but she's 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 Susan. So like, that's great. <laughs> and so he he told her he told her that." that was a show he's like, yeah, I just, I just heard about, uh, you guys just did a, a, a John tribute. No uh, way. We huh? all really wanted to go down and get there in time to shut see up, it, but we were stuck in Nashville, fucking Nashville. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and knowing that, knowing that, uh, it was because, even on their you know, radar. I had no
0: yeah, idea about
2: that. that. That, that, that's, that's pretty amazing. And, and that was, that was the show that I, that Paul, Paul Sanchez was initially, Um, sort of organizing that one, but he had all kinds of stuff going on and he, he couldn't Mm -hmm. finish the organization. There's a lot of, I mean, you did, you did one of those. It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I kind of took over organizing the John show. Mm -hmm. And so having hearing from somebody who heard it from somebody else that Paul McCartney knew about and wanted to go to a show that I organized is, is a, it's great.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's that's mind blowing. I had I had no idea about that. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. so cool. I love that yeah, I love, Susan
1: has this knowledge and she's only told like one person. <laughs> like she just told you and was just like, Yep, that's all I need to do. Like didn't tell yeah. everyone else. Well, I think and she,
2: she like sauntered I think she off. had to uh, <laughs> I think she had to like come by my house and pick up a microphone from the rehearsals like the next week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh and she casually let it slip and was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I was riding in on the tour bus and, and <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I,
0: I want to have her on the show. I
2: think she'd be a great guest yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That'd be fun. Well, I, I guess my last question is pretty simple. Uh, who's your favorite beetle
2: today? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 have to go with for, for, for Beatles, I have to go with Paul. Yeah. Okay. Um, for post-Beatles career, I have to go with George. Okay. Um, Interesting.
0: There's no right or wrong. I like it. I like it.
2: For uh, for Heart and Soul of the Beatles, I have to go with John. Sure. Sure. And for... For drums, Best like, I got to drum... go with Ringo. <laughs> I mean, Ringo's, Ringo's, I'll take Ringo's drumming over Paul's drumming any day. But also I'll take, I'll take Ringo's drumming over, I don't know, 95% of other drummers. Yeah.
0: Well, Jerry, man, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back and do it again.
2: Anytime, anytime. Excellent, man. Well, thank you so much.
0: I will uh, don't for forget to go to Andre's Facebook
1: and listen yeah, to his Yeah, before I let breaks. you go,
0: go ahead and plug your piano breaks for everybody. Where can they find you on, on the internets and check out your piano skills?
2: Well, I'm, I'm doing uh, live streams uh, of classical piano music. Uh, I do a daily, during the week, Monday through Friday, I do a daily single piece of, of classical music, um, usually between five or ten minutes long. Sometimes as short as like a minute, you know, depending on what, what, what the piece is or what I have prepared that day. Mm. Uh, and that's at one o'clock, um, central time okay. every, every weekday. Um, If you miss it live, don't worry. It's on Facebook. So it's there forever. (laughs) And that's on your personal Um,
1: Facebook, correct?
2: Yeah. My personal Facebook page. Yeah. And And then I also do. A N D R E B O H R E N. Just
1: in case. I'm
0: going to link link that in the, uh, in the show notes for the people. people. Cool. Cool. If that's cool, I also do do every
2: Wednesday, every Wednesday, I play a full hour concert um, from six to 7 PM.
0: Okay. Nice.
2: Um, and it's the same same thing live live stream uh, sometimes the time gets adjusted depending on the venue I've, i usually do them out of my house mm-hmm. but a friend of mine has a grand piano on the back of his pickup truck and so oh yeah we i can saw something from, the other
0: day that looks like a
2: lot of fun i'm going to be doing it uh, this wednesday from an undisclosed location Ooh. uptown tipettinas nice um,
0: okay okay
2: uh and so if it's outside i i push the time but anyway six six to seven is the is the time for for that live stream i've been doing that since march
0: okay um Excellent. Excellent. and that's my Excellent. gigs yeah <laughs> wonderful well i will uh, i'll link all that in the show notes and uh awesome. with
1: your preferred cash app venmo paypal yeah <laughs> for yeah. when people tune into those lovely piano
2: Sure. Piano uh, yeah times. yeah awesome Excellent.
3: Well,
0: Andre, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Well, I will it's holler at you. Uh, we'll holler at you soon.
2: Okay. Killer. Something else uh, as a uh, as a possible suggestion or an idea for another uh, episode that's not necessarily song specific mm-hmm. would be George Martin's classical production Ooh. as a. Potentially nerdy, extra layer of nerd.
0: Do you mean? Uh, I are you? Do you mean just within Beatles catalog stuff, like the Yellow yeah. Submarine, Hard Days Night stuff? Like, like the the, the soundtrack. No, things? no, no. Um,
2: the not not the soundtrack stuff. Like his string arrangements and his his um, orchestration that he put on. That I mean, let's be honest. Yesterday isn't a hit without those strings. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That would actually be a really.
0: I, I've been. I'm trying to think of and like a, side episodes. There's a lot of that. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of that. Like he's, you know, George George Martin was, maybe even the fourth Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Uh, I mean, you know, you can't under you can't under, understate his his importance in yeah. the whole thing. Cool. All right, bro.
0: Well, I all will right. holler at you soon. All right, killer. Thanks, man. Appreciate Andre. it. Love y'all. Love you, buddy. Love you. Later, Andre Bowen, everybody. Yes. How about that? Super fun. Dude knows some stuff.
1: A thing or two, yes. It's it's
0: good to have somebody who has a classical perspective on things for a change. That's kind of a fresh territory for us to be in. I think that was good.
1: Yes, because you are not like a trained musician. I, I like, studied... Uh, like, mu- like you don't read music and stuff.
0: I was in the band in middle and high school as a percussionist. And I can kind of read that music. Um, but I can't read guitar music or piano or bass or vocal and that I can kind of read. I mean, I can kind of, I can kind of understand and follow along, but I don't read it. I don't write it. I usually just kind of work around it. But, um, yeah, Andre knows his stuff, man.
1: He's a smart guy.
0: He's a smart dude. I love it. It's a good time. Good time. Well, that leaves us. Fun
1: oldies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, Yeah. At number 214, that means a lot from the Beatles anthology volume, a two and at 213. Tell me what you see from help the album. Uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? You can let us know. Uh, shoot us a message at ranking the at gmail.com or on Facebook or Instagram at ranking the Beatles. Uh, while you're there, Hit that like and subscribe button, all that good stuff.
1: If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or yes, Apple Podcasts.
0: I don't think you can rank on Spotify. Oh uh, no, but you can at least like like yeah, it and tell Apple. a friend. Yeah. But yeah, if you like you it, subscribe. if you're if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star because I think we are deserving of five stars. Yeah, I mean, de- definitely, <laughs> definitely five stars.
1: For for my lazy commentary alone,
0: <laughs> five stars. <laughs> it's only because you're just so adorable. Anyway, nobody can
1: see me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. I'm Jonathan. I'm
1: Julia.
0: Have a good week, everybody. Adios.
1: Bye, y'all.